Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than a Meal podcast. On our first episode ever, we're sitting down to chat with Gustavo Romero and Kate Kernoziak of Nixta. This tortilleria serves Mexican takeout on Tuesdays and Fridays, and they also have a taco pop-up at their storefront on Saturday afternoons. You guys, this food is bomb. I stopped in a couple weeks ago on Saturday to check out their tacos. I got there right when they opened, and the line was already out the door. You can find them at the corner of 2nd Street and 13th Ave in Northeast Minneapolis, right across the street from Young Joni and Dangerous Man. And we're not the first to tell their story. They've chatted with the folks at Star Tribune, Eater, Growler, and MSP Magazine, and they've all gotten rave reviews. Gustavo and Kate are awesome, and their food is bomb. Let's go meet them. First question uh, right off the bat: is How do you pronounce your restaurant? Because I never took. Sp- oh, I took yes, one year. Yes, we don't. I do. And- yeah, we didn't want to be ignorant and just totally butcher this pronunciation. So it's it's gonna be different. Depends who you ask him, right? So the name came out from the short from nixtamalization. Mm-hmm. So we we call it nixta. Uh, okay. Now the the nixtamal word is not a Spanish word. It's a Nahuatl word. So some people there are gonna tell you that the X doesn't sound because now what didn't have X, so it's supposed to be Nista. Uh, but we we call it Nista. Yes, and okay. we do that for a multitude of reasons. Uh, I mean, we're both not. Uh, we both lived, you know, outside of the U.S. I was born here, but I grew up in Poland, and then he grew up in Mexico. And we know how hard it is like to pronounce in the English language, like for people who only speak English um, to mispronounce words. So we were like, we're not going with like some ancient language pronunciation of this. It wasn't something that, I mean, it's never going to fly. If I tell people, yeah, it's Nishta, like (laughs) one out of 10 people are going to care about it. And then other ones are going to make up their own way of saying it. So. Right, for sure. How <laughs> long did it take you guys to come up with a name? Like, did you like brainstorm? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me. No I can't. Like, I'm not creative. So whatever. We we kind of had it had it down. We you know from the from the process, right? So the the idea was to um, make good tortillas because mm-hmm. we always you know we're we go. I'm from Mexico, and then we go back every year. And then every time that you have a tortilla there, it was like, why we can have something like that in, in Minneapolis. Uh, and, you know, they, they just, it's easy, right? Like, so you, mm-hmm. you think about tortilla, you think about installation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was, it was just a shorter kind of catchy name. It was, for me, it was easy. I was like, oh yeah, Nixa, it, it's, it's just, yeah. it's easy. Uh, I came to find out it's not that easy for <laughs> no it's but that was that the pronunciation everything was my first guess but so it just confirmed um i have a bit of a confession too because when we had our, your first meal it was the i believe the soup week Posole. Uh, yeah we had the pozole. oh yeah so good it was so good oh it was wonderful and when i saw the email i just assumed it was going to be like tacos <laughs> or whatever and like tortillas i don't speak much spanish and so <laughs> i didn't understand a lot of the words in the menu. <laughs> 
So I had no idea what was coming. And then all okay. I saw was like tostados. I'm like, oh, I know tostados. Like, I get that. Like, cool. It's going to be like hard tacos or something. And then uh, we get the meal. And obviously, it is not tacos. It's like soup with like a bunch of yeah. add-ons and whatnot. And uh, then Jillian like looked back on the email. She's like, Mills, it literally says like soup broth like there were a lot of <laughs> yeah i will say uh your email the email's not confusing if you're thinking people would be confused it's just nils being nils it's cool we we, we spend some time translating the emails because people will email back and be like now what is this there's one woman who notoriously does it actually really yeah, uh, but at least she cares, I guess. And totally, like, totally. To um, I like though, like yeah. I like that it was like in Spanish. It gave oh, it like the authentic. Yeah, little, like, cool. we tried to make it easy. You know, like I definitely think that you can always go to the Googleizer if you uh, exactly. Uh, if you have questions, we don't mind answering them either, but I think it kind of like adds to the authenticity that we want to maintain with the food. So, oh yeah, you know, like. Well, this is how it's how the menus come out. You know, when we talk about it, we never say like this is how it comes out. Like, yeah. we're gonna make cocoa, we're gonna make carnitas, so we're gonna make yeah. You know, so we just gonna write it down like that. I right. Guess. I mean, like we could have called it, I guess, like a like a tortilla soup, but not as cool. it, it loses <laughs> some of that. Yeah, not, not as, as cool. cool. Not as cool at all. So. Uh, and a note on the authenticity. So are these menus is inspired from like, I guess your childhood in Mexico uh, for you, Gustavo, or like where along, because from what I've seen, you've had quite the culinary history here. Yeah. So I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> so my, my background was, it was Italian for the first 12 years of my career. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this type of food is really uh just memories right I, I wasn't allowed to be in the kitchen when i was grown up so uh the food that, that i that i do is uh, just memories of what my mom and my grandma would cook mm -hmm. and me trying to get better at it wow yeah and you know you mentioned the italy because i'm I, I was reading an article about how like you went from starting in okay i'm gonna butcher the name uh Hildago? Hildago? Did I say it? Oh my god, I'm so worried I'm going to sound like this American cowboy just butchering Mexican terms. But okay, so you went from Hildago to like uh, Arizona to Georgia to I believe there's a stint in Miami and then Italy. Like how, how can we like start maybe just in Mexico? I would love to know how each step of the process came about. Uh, well, I was... I was working in a, I used to DJ, so I was working in a club. That's awesome. In, in uh, and then it was just an easy transition from uh, the, the the group of the clubs that I work for. They used to move their DJs a lot. So they have one in my hometown and they have a few around and one of us in Tijuana and, and people really liked me there. So I ended up spending a lot of my time there. Uh, and it was just, you know, in that time, it was before 9-11, Mm -hmm. uh, if you leave in the border, they used to give you passes so you can like go to San Diego and buy stuff. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, one day I just gonna stay around, uh, and that's how I moved to Arizona. And then after that, it was just you know, you kind of looking for a better opportunity, I guess. Yeah, you know, I have some people that I knew, and they'd be like, Hey, you should come here, and that's how I kind of started moving. Um, I'm very, uh, kind of, if I don't like something, I don't really stick around so mm -hmm. 
Just kind of, I, I did move a lot. And I, I, I really enjoy kind of going to a new city and, you know, just learn more. I'm glad you're sticking around Minneapolis for the yeah. time being. Well, yeah, now, now I'm here. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's cool. And like moving around is fun because then you get to explore different yeah, you learn cultures a lot. You learn and a lot. tastes and just experience different places. Um, what took you to, what brought you to Italy Yeah. in particular? Uh, my mentor. So when I, when I live in Florida, the first time I live in Florida, I, I got to meet my mentor. Uh, his name is Mario Maggi. And, you know, he kind of introduced me to, to the Italian kind of world of cooking. And uh, he promised me if, uh, if I would go to culinary school, because he wanted me to go to culinary school, he would send me to Italy uh, for my externship. So that's kind of how, cool. how I ended up working. And do you see yourself kind of incorporating those Italian cuisines and like styles that you learned while in Italy in your current craft or... I mean, it's definitely a connection, you know, the the Italian cooking as, as a Mexican cooking, uh, it's, it seems very simple, it requires a lot of time. Uh, and I think that's a misconception uh, that people have about the simplicity of food. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, a, a tomato sauce is easy, but it cooks for, you know, six hours. Uh, right. And then you have to like watch it so it doesn't stick on the pot or, you know, you have to be checking for acidity and all this, all these things that, it's same same as a as a Mexican sauce. So I guess it made me uh, learn the patience that you need on 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 cooking and in slow food too, because yeah. a lot of it is you know mm-hmm. slow food. It's and it's what we're making a lot of the time is things that are time consuming because of yeah um, you know the ingredients and but but it is it's it's all very very simple. Um, yeah. I was going to ask actually about like kind of the prep and I feel like this is just a good time since you mentioned the slow like process of the food. Um, Are you guys just like prepping? Like what's that process look like when you have your menu get released for like a Tuesday or a Friday? We, we do everything twice. So everything is, everything is fresh. So we, Mm -hmm. we start, we start doing the stuff on Sunday. Uh, we go do some of the shopping, uh, you know, we prep uh, whatever we can on Saturdays, uh, on Sundays, uh, and then we finish everything on Mondays, right? Because Tuesday, everything has to be ready for, for pre-pack. Uh, if we do anything that is uh, like salad, something like that, that has to be dressed, then we do them on, on right. that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... We do our pickups and then we start everything again on Wednesday for Friday. And you hand make every tortilla. Like that's everything. all. Wow. So they, I think it's, so we don't, we don't handmade it. We, we have a press. Yeah. Uh, right. They, they, right. You feed the dough and then it spits out the tortillas. They're hand flipped. As of right now, all we have is a flat top and a sweet lady who flips them by hand. So badass. (laughs) From the the press, we take it out of the press and put it in the comal. And then you flip it three times until it's cooked. And then we take it out, cool it down, and then then we pack it. Yeah, it sounds like there's like a really like not strict, but like a set process to the tortilla making. It, it is. Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of those things, again, that when you think about it, it it's simple. And, and I'll tell you this because uh, being Mexican, I thought, you know, like how hard can it be to make tortillas, right? That's what I want to do. And then I, it's very difficult, as you know, from the from the process, from the beginning, like learn, 
learn the corn, like the different types of corn, like how long it's going to take to cook, how much uh, calcium hydroxide you have to add, and then, you know, the grinding, like how like tight you have to have your machine to be able to grind properly. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. Uh, and then, you know, you get to the cooking and you really have to have a very, uh, you lose sensitivity in your hands uh, because the tortillas are super hot. Yeah, you just perfect. burn your fingertips. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, we did it for, you know, for the first two months that we started doing it. Uh, and, to, you know, my, my weeks were running from like 80 hour weeks. And I was like, all right, this is when we need help. And we try to surround ourselves with people like-minded. So Antonia is our, our tortilla lady, mm-hmm. and she she has a lot of knowledge. It's something that her family did uh, back home in Mexico, and then she loves it. She mm-hmm. plays around. She teaches me a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like we kind of bounce ideas on how we can make a better tortilla, and uh, it's really fun to cook with her. And the other person that helped us right now with a little bit of the, the, the prep work is her son. His name is Jose. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born in Mexico and he was, he came here when he was two years old. Uh, and then he loves Mexican food. Uh, so it's a little bit of the, the future of, of the Mexican food. And when you talk about making a better tortilla, like it's I, like you were talking about how it's like a very simple process, like in, like wise in Italian cuisine, how do you kind of make a better tortilla besides just like perfecting every line of the process? Uh, I, I think it's just like the we we as we start, you know, we start first pressing them, uh, you know, with like a hand press. Now we have a machine that kind of gives you like the, the consistency. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started with this really tiny grinder uh, that has this like little engine and then it has worked uh, so well for so long. Uh, but now we have a bigger grinder that's going to make the the grind easier and and better so that it will be finer so that the tortilla will actually be a lot more playable softer so it's it's kind of like that type of learning uh process that, that we do uh in trying to just get a better tortilla we 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 know what we want you know we want the tortilla that we have back home and every every time that we that we make tortillas when we taste it we were like oh my god these tortillas are really good but they're yeah. not there yet. Yeah. So that's that's what we try to do. How long have you like? When did you start to like ma- try to master your tortilla? Like, how long has it taken you to like get to this spot where you've like kind of figured it out? Uh, I mean, we we started making uh, things with with masa since we were working in San Francisco. We have a little project that, that we are trying to start there, and uh, it kind of fell through. Uh, so it would be like twelve years. Oh wow! Uh, wow! And then. When, when I moved uh, to Oakland, that I started working at a restaurant called Calavera. That they have a, an amazing massive program. Uh, about five years ago, that's when I actually got introduced to all these heirloom corns and the difference of the process and learning how like different uh, the difference and the impact that we have in the in the product that we were making. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, it's really not a. a can really perfect it like it's not really a recipe that you can be like okay this is the recipe and it's gonna work every time it's, it's more about learning what everything does in, in in the process right so you have the corn so every time that we open a bag of corn we got to make sure that it's the same corn or, or if now we have to try uh, and see how it's gonna cook 
then you, you have the, the water content, so you have to play with the amount of water that you cook it on. Then you have your calcium hydroxide, so you have to figure it out, like, if you put more calcium, then you get a softer dough, but if you put too more calcium, you lose color. So you kind of have to play with those. You know, it also impacts the flavor. And then, you know, all the other stuff, like how long you let it soak, and then how much you grind it, and then how much you cook it. Uh, so it, it, how you cool it down. Like, it's, it's all these things they, they get involved into making a tortilla. Yeah, it's like, I feel like I'm in science class. Like, all this, like, <laughs> I've never heard of A lot of science, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, so that's kind of cool. That's, like, super, uh, it's just interesting to hear, like, how many things you have to think about and the measurements and, like, the science mm-hmm. behind the food. And you have to plan. It's not a process that you can do fast. Um, mm-hmm. You have to cook it, you know, the corn in the cow, and then it has to soak for at least eight hours. So it's right. not something that like, wow. if you mess up, you're not fixing that right away. We usually cook the corn the night before we need it. And then the cook comes in the morning and then she, you know, dra- drains the water out, rinses it and uh, then grinds it. So it's, um, it's quite a process. Yeah, it sounds like it. And no then kidding. I feel like you guys have mentioned this, but like how long do you get the fresh tortillas last? Is it, you know, like, do you guys have a preference where you're like, okay, these tortillas aren't good anymore after, you know, you, you, know, make you, you, you know, when they're, when they taste different, they have, it's uh, <laughs> almost like this, uh, almost acidic taste to it. Okay. Um, but we for we recommend seven days like for people if you get to like eight or nine and they still taste fine i feel like it's okay but for safety reasons and you know mm-hmm. lawsuit purposes we're like seven days these are not you know filled with preservatives yeah. there's no like keeping these on the counter um, right People always ask to if they can freeze them. And I mean, we say sure, but when they're defrosted, they're not going to be as good. No. You know, it doesn't matter if you're putting them in a bag and there's not a lot of air in the bag. And like, you'll take them out of the freezer and you'll notice there'll be like some like um, freezer burn on them, I'm Mm -hmm. sure, even Mm -hmm. if it's just a couple of weeks or whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you get to day six or seven, you're like, I'm not going to eat these just fry them and then you have chips you know that's yeah. easy put some oil in a pan and figure it out yeah, you, guys, you guys say the tostadas i think they're pretty yeah, good the tostadas they were so i was just like i just wanted to eat them like plain honestly <laughs> they taste like mushed up popcorn kernels i think that's why i like it because every time i eat a tostada i feel like i'm eating like uh like a, a sheet of popcorn it's- oh yeah it's like they were so tasty do you guys have this is a random question but like is your house like do you guys always have tortillas around or like tostadas (laughs) like are you ever like tired of it i don't want to be tired of them Mm, that's good that's a good thing (laughs) store-bought tortilla chips are not allowed (laughs) yeah well exactly we we now i mean we don't scoff at the grocery store but like i don't think i've bought like tortilla chips for a very long time because they taste so different they taste oh, so yeah. different. And, you know, on the whole corn side of it and how, you know, you're talking, you're talking about the better tortilla, like mm-hmm. you want to make a better tortilla, tortilla that tastes better. But we also want to, people to know that like this tortilla has much more nutritional value than mm-hmm. your run of the mill tortilla that's made with corn flour. It's like a super if you're food. using masa, uh, 
a harina or whatever, masa flour mm -hmm. for tortillas. They're, uh, they don't have those properties. Like, like our tortillas are higher in like calcium and potassium and mm -hmm. fiber because we're not, we're, we're taking the corn and we're not like eliminating any of the properties of the corn. Right. It's just, that's what it is. And then a little bit of water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and from my understanding, so the heirloom corn that it goes into the tortillas is from, is sourced from Mexico as well. That's pretty cool. Is there like, a, a, obviously there's like a, a, I don't know, dozens of different corn varieties. How do you distinguish and choose which ones you want to go with? Uh, they're not, they're not all very commercial and a lot of them there, they have different uses. Uh, you know, like uh, the popcorn is is a type of uh, heirloom corn that we won't be able to use for tortillas. Uh, we have 60 different types of uh, heirloom corn in Mexico. Uh, and I believe it's about 24, 25 there are, that you can actually use for uh, for tortillas. Uh, some like those, those big ones that you guys uh, get to taste for the, uh, for the pozole, they're made for for mm -hmm. soups and things like that. So they, they're, they're used for different things. Uh, it's some corn that is actually just used for decoration. Uh, they're like, they're, their grains are super pointy and really empty inside. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they're, they're just different. Uh, and then, yeah, we, we, we started, um, I started working with heirloom corn, like I said, when I was in, in, in Auckland. And, uh, you know, sometimes we will run out of those uh, of uh, type of corn, and we would have to get some uh, just from like a, a normal store, and it's just a difference. You know, they're 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 not they're not the same. Like you can you can taste the difference, you can see the difference, and it, we always have also the idea of like how how can we help back, right? Like I'm still Mexican, I still you know would love to to be able to they have an impact here as much as I, I, you know, I wish to have it here. And then this is my way to help. You know, if I can help support some of the farmers, uh, Mexico, it, it stopped growing corn because people stopped buying it. Like it was a, it's an actual crisis in Mexico because of the corn. Like corn is, is the beginning of, of Mexican economy. Mm -hmm. and, and we kind of stopped growing and started buying corn from other countries. Mm -hmm. So, it's a big movement between chefs in Mexico trying to, to bring them back. And I'm just trying to do my part, uh, you know, with, with what we do here. Eventually, we want to do uh, Minnesota corn because Minnesota has some amazing corn too. Mm -hmm. um, but people don't grow heirloom corn in Minnesota. You know, they grow it for the state fair and, you know, they, they use it for decorations and things like that. But nobody grows it and the people that grow it because it, it, it doesn't yield the same as, as the... Uh, the corn that is, it, you know, that is made for animal consumption of ethanol um, is, a, is a lot more expensive. So I will have to sell, you know, a dozen tortillas for ten, twelve dollars <laughs> if, if I do it with, with Minnesota corn right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and then that's one of the things that's really important for us. Like having started this business during COVID, mm -hmm. we had. Keep in mind the fact that we can't have it like crazy pricing on stuff. You know, we want to, we have, we want to like make economical food that mm -hmm. like people can buy and still feel like 
I can afford this, but this isn't like breaking the bank. So, you know, going back to that corn thing, it's like, sure, we'd love to use like wonderful heirloom Minnesota corn. But when you're like when the price is like six dollars a pound as opposed to, you know, a dollar a pound of the Mexican corn, like, I yeah. mean, can't we can't do that. Um, <laughs> not yeah. right now. And we don't want to do that to people because again, we want people to eat our food. We want to, uh, have a thriving business, but we also know how important it is to keep the prices fair when the economy is crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. And- I mean, whatever you hear on the news, you know, it might not be true. <laughs> yeah, right? Really not good out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, I don't know. I think you're bringing up the pandemic, obviously, and that's a huge factor for restaurants. And I think for, I guess, people listening that aren't aware of your business model, it's, I think, uh, very clever in that you're doing takeout two nights a week. And that's when you build, so you give yourselves time to really uh, cook the food in advance. And so uh, I guess my question is, A, uh, why did you start kind of start that way? And then also, uh, why now, you know? As, uh, as opposed to like a traditional uh, restaurant, well, we, everyone else we, is doing. We always we always wanted to have a restaurant. Uh, you know, we both chefs, so it's kind of like we kind of have to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when, you know, when you always want to have something for yourself, and and that's we we understand that's what we wanted to do. Uh, why now well, we we're kind of forced to it. You know, I, I lost my job. My I used to work uh, in downtown. Uh, downtown completely died between construction and crime uh-huh. and COVID. We call it the triple C. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was like I, either I find another job uh, that it was very difficult at the time when COVID started, mm-hmm. or you know I we trying to do something. Uh, luckily, we have some angels. They, they kind of give us a hand and be able to they help us do this. We find a spot and. Uh, we were doing family meals for some friends. Uh, we could, that's kind of how it started. You know, we started with uh, them friends. The, the, you know, they were like, well, you cook for us. We, we pay you. And then we started doing it once a week. Uh, and then, you know, those, those 10 turned into 20. And then when we saw the spot opening, it was, it was, a, it was an easy choice to be like, well, you know, maybe, maybe more people want to do this. And we, we knew that we want to make the tortilla, so we need a space to, to open the, the, you know, be able to produce more. Uh, and that space kind of give us the, the option to do the two things. So we can still make tortillas and then we can have this, uh, these meals that keep feeding people. Yeah, and obviously it seems like this was a great idea because just from my perspective, it seems like you guys are really well received in the community. Um, would you agree with that? Like, have people been super um, excited and helpful? Like, how have the interactions with the community been? It's been great. Everybody's been super uh, receptive of what we do. And I think they, they understand how hard it is and how much work we put into it. And I think that has a lot of value for a lot of people. For sure. Uh, also, we, you know, AIDS has been working here in the city for, for a long time. Uh I, you know, I, I move around to a few restaurants in the city too. So, you know, people get to know you and, and people in, in, in Minneapolis, if, if something the, for me moving to all these places, something that I notice about the people in Minneapolis really embrace the local people. You know, they're really like, take it on to them. We're like, we, we got to support them. When we first moved back from San Francisco, cause that's where we met. 
Um, I moved out there just for five years because I needed a break from Minnesota. I don't blame you. (laughs) Yeah. And then I met him out there um, working, obviously, together. Um, But I decided I wanted to move back. Then he ended up moving here as well Mm -hmm. um, after some time. And our first apartment was on 13th. So... We, we love that neighborhood. We are familiar with, I think it was like the first or it was the second night after opening, we went to Dangerous Man for the first time, you know? Yep, yep. We love Rob and Sarah and huge supporters. They have a, um, they have uh, always like um, sought us out for any like events that they cater for their staff and stuff. Oh, too. awesome. So we just love that that business kind of um uh neighborhood feel that that block has too so that was a awesome selling point um for the for getting that location and 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 wanting it honestly um yeah the neighborhood northeast you know northeast northeast is just a lot of friendly people and i think that it helps to like that it's something that is like authentic because that one of the things I hear all the time is like there's so many bars in that area you know have the nightcap and the 331 and you have the Sheridan room and the for sure and they're all wonderful places but they're all like American cuisine even like Mary Ellen's Bistro that recently opened they have like fantastic food we get like breakfast sandwiches from there often Mm -hmm. but um but it's you know and it's like a little bit like Scandinavian influence but there's yeah, I mean, everybody loves Mexican food. And the closest <laughs> Mexican food is, you know, you have a Chipotle down on Hennepin by mm-hmm. Certix or whatever. Central. And then you have to go Central. on Central. And people like to walk and people yeah. like to, you know, have something closer in their neighborhood. And yeah, the authenticity helps. I will say I'm I'm personally, so I live about 10 minute walk from uh, Nixta and I'm really excited about the future Northeast with, uh, I heard Centro is also doing kind of a grocery store kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I know uh, your neighbor, uh, Ann Kim is also, I think she's launching her own kind of tortilla based restaurant. Yeah, she, she's going, yeah, to she's south. going to South for that because she's going to be yeah. at Lucia's yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm personally excited. I think this a whole uh, Mexican cuisine revival is just going to be fantastic uh, for both Minneapolis yeah. and this area in particular. Yeah. I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I just feel like there's a trend that's, I feel like there's like an upcoming trend where people are like starting to get more into Mexican food lately. Um, yeah. And like Mexican street food is like yeah. a big thing. Um, I feel like more recently. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is for me. Yeah, no, and it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think it's good too to you know like show people that it's not necessarily just tacos too, you know, and yeah. then yes. um, get the whole burrito thing kind of out of there too. Like, I mean, a burrito. <laughs> there are burritos. Don't get me wrong, but like they're not as you don't see them as often as you see, you know. T- uh, Playudas or huaraches or like all these sopes even it's like there there's so many different things to do with corn too so it's like it's also something that we want to start doing more of like yesterday we did tacos um mm-hmm. on saturdays we did tacos uh from three to six usually um 
and we sold out by like 5 30 so we had to close early yesterday which we but, saw uh, that's awesome like that's it was huge. really great yeah we need to start like up in our numbers or something but um but yesterday we served playudas which are oaxacan street food and it's kind of like a mexican pizza mm-hmm. and it's on a corn-based vessel but it's different than a tortilla because it's like thinner than a tortilla and it's like crispy um and yeah people were excited about it so and i think that you know that we'll we'll try to maybe change it up so it's mm-hmm. not just tacos and right for sure and i think that's your safety blanket of tacos yeah that's <laughs> and that, like that's one of my pet peeves i feel like mm-hmm. everyone just thinks of tacos and only tacos so it's i'm excited that you guys are introducing newer foods that a lot of people haven't heard of before mm-hmm. um like pozole like even i feel like a lot of people wouldn't know what that is unless you're from a mexican family um or eat mexican food very often or are really not and with how cold it gets here in the winter you definitely for sure <laughs> yeah <And> that, <laughs> that kind of like leads me to another, like another thing i was curious about like what are you guys do you guys have like pet peeves like <laughs> with the burrito thing or like do you guys have any of those with people um, in college or what they say or eat? No, do we? I don't know. You know, it's it's. A lot of, <laughs> I, I guess I guess if if anything it will be the misinformation. You know, it's a lot right. of people that think they know uh, what things are and they're really not. I guess that will be the only one. And okay. you know, a lot of times, just yeah. I just walk away. Uh, but yeah, it, I don't I don't think so. I think through this is different for everybody and it's a, it's a way of a, the expression and uh, interpretation and everybody has a different idea of it and, for sure uh, we, we're just trying to show which one is ours and uh, for us it's very important to be as authentic as we can uh, because you know that's what we want to do and because also that's what we like to cook um yeah. so yeah um, i think just during covid my my recent thing became that I really don't I mean I, I I appreciate the fact that some people aren't going to be into quote unquote the idea of what we're doing and they don't like the fact that like we have such limited hours and stuff but um yeah it's kind of been been a pet peeve of mine when people like reach out and they're just like I think you should do this and I'm like hmm. cool but like I'm trying to like start a business I don't blame you I don't know that I just had a baby right and, the hammer also, down. <laughs> and, and also like I'm like you most of the time these people have never worked in the service industry who, who give true. you those opinions for sure and and they don't know what it takes and like the sacrifice the time like like, yeah, it's, it seems crazy that we're only open nine hours, really a week, six hours for, you know, the pickup dinner pickups that we do, um, and tacos or tortilla sales. And then one on Saturdays, we're open for three hours and we do like tacos and, and things, but, um, and it's crazy that we're only open that small amount of time, but like, he still works 50 to 60 hours a week. So like, right. people don't get that, you know, we can't kill ourselves right now for sure will we like be open all the time so that you can come here whenever Mm -hmm. you right and little do they know you're yeah you're running like a mad scientist lab back there with all your mixing (laughs) so i'm like there's a lot going on right so i'm sorry if like at noon my door is not open so you can come get a dozen for sure you know it's not worth it um and if we we we've kind of like funneled it to 
these small time frames and people have been fine with it but then there are those few that come in and they just love to tell you how you should start your business <laughs> yeah right so you're telling that's me that's a hard one to swallow and be nice about <laughs> honestly oh yeah you're telling me your baby was born and you took a full week off that's ridiculous. not a week and a half oh my god <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no, no. I was back yesterday just selling tacos. I haven't been helping in the kitchen since the baby was born just because, um, I mean, I'm physically limited a little bit. Plus, uh, yeah. he's needy. He's really needy. Yeah, babies yeah. just need too many things. Yeah. But, you uh, makes up for it. Kate, I'm, I'm curious about uh, your background because from your guys' website, it sounds like you've also kind of jumped around a little bit as well from like Minneapolis, uh, Chicago, and then I saw Poland, and then obviously you were in uh, California as well. So mm -hmm. how did, well, did you have a love of uh, corn and tortillas before uh, <laughs> Gustavo showed <laughs> up? Or was before, it slow? Not before I started <laughs> traveling to Mexico with him a lot. Okay. So I was born on the south side of Chicago where, you know, all of the Polish people are born that, the, the ones that aren't born in Poland are born on the south side, south of, Chicago. side of Chicago. <laughs> yep. So that's where I was born there, but um, was there for about two, the first two or three years of my life. I don't know. I don't remember any of it. Uh, and then my parents who were both uh, Pol of Polish descent, they met and got married in Chicago, but they decided they wanted to move back to Poland. So we went back. Uh, and then once they had split, uh, my mom brought me, it's me and my sister here. Um, and instead of going to Chicago, we came to Minneapolis. Thank God for that. Um, love Chicago. Great food. Great, you know, like wonderful, large city. But I have so much family there that's Polish that I'm like, I don't think I'd want to live there. I like those. I, I mean, I want to see my cousins like once a year, not all the time. Um, uh, so then after that yeah i i never i went to culinary school here um still on the fence about like how i feel about wasting that much money but um you know reluctantly still have to pay it off um but after culinary school um i i mean i never had a, a college you know four-year experience moving away I, I watched my sister do that she went to UW Madison and and she had a great time. She made friends. She learned a lot. Um, and although it would have been easier to go somewhere closer, I went to San Francisco instead. And that had a lot to do with you know cuisine and and, mm -hmm. and climate and and all those th typical things. And then when I got there, I ended up getting a job. His mentor, um, Mario our mentor now um he ended up hiring me uh and yeah that's how that went down that's awesome you guys <laughs> yeah. have um oh go ahead sorry oh, I go ahead and this is just another question that popped into my head do you guys have any like chef um like what's the word not like an idol but like Ooh. someone that you kind of like look at their career and you're like oh that has a big influence on what I'm trying to do or like any any chefs or people question. that have had a big influence on you? I mean, I know you have your mentor, but. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we definitely have people that we look up to, uh, you know, from my side, you know, of course, my mentor, you know, he, he kind of showed me the way of work in the kitchen, right? He, he's, he's way too old to still working. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, he's still, he's still, he, well, he, I mean, like, yeah, last time I talked to him, he still had his shirt jacket. Maybe that's why he slept with, but, you know, he's, he, he kind of, he was the one person that kind of showed me that you want to do something in the kitchen, you just have to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, then, you know, you, there's so many great chefs out there. Um, they, they do some amazing things and you always look up to them because, you know, they, they've done something different. Uh, it's, a, it's a chef in Mexico, uh, Enrique Olvera. Um, he kind of revolutionized the, the Mexican cuisine. Um, he, he, he really, uh, he changed the, the idea of what Mexican food was. And, you know, a lot of the great chefs there in Mexico, a lot of the work for him. Uh, he opened a few restaurants now in New York and, and you know, mm-hmm. the chefs that work there, they'll work under him and he has, he has his way um, within the Mexican food, push people to do something different, which, you know, is, is always very inspiring. And, you know, it's, it's always a lot of great chefs. I, you know, when I was following Italian uh, cuisine, uh, Carlo Craco was one of my, my, you know, the chefs that I will look up to because he was crazy. It was just do different stuff, and mm-hmm. with him, you know, it was kind of like why it has to be this way, you know? Why? Right. It, yeah, it's it's the tradition, you know, is is not always correct. You know, there's a way they used to do it, you know, for fifty years, but I don't have to do the same way. So it, I guess it's just it's just different. Uh, unless in my case, I know Kate has has a few people that, that she follows to and. And, you know, it's, it's so many out there, and so many, you know, books and, and, and you know, just people in general. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they just, there's a lot of great chefs out there. Yeah, yeah. there are. There are so many. <laughs> no doubt. Kate, do you have any, like, people that, that you, that kind of have an influence on your cooking style or who you look at for inspiration? Um... I mean, there's so many. I just can't. I know. I'm putting you guys on the spot. I'm sorry. No, it's <laughs> fine. I mean, obviously, I think that as far as like cooking inspiration, right? Like, there are many, many chefs, right? That I would, you know, like I have, I'm looking at our bookshelf and it's like, you know, filled with all of like the most amazing um, uh, cookbooks by renowned chefs, but I also think that there are chefs like locally mm-hmm. who are um, like important to, you know, look at and take example from. I've been lucky enough that I've worked with some really cool chefs um, here in the city. Um, when I moved back from San Francisco, it wasn't for a very long time, but I worked at Brasa with Alex Roberts and okay. he's a really inspiring uh chef to me uh locally you know he's gotten some awesome accolades like alma's been um mm-hmm. a, a really great staple restaurant mm-hmm. amazing like fine dining but also like like the food at brasa is you know much like the food that we cook we just do it in a different style like we, ours is mexican his is gotcha. you know more southern comfort food but yep. but he talks about you know slow food and taking the time to make it in order to make it right too and 
and honestly at the end of the day he's like a really decent guy like he's come and visited us at nixta a few times and you know genuinely like cared and and reached out to see if like he could support us in any way um i mean we have the the chefs that um gustavo did the um uh residency with travail last Mm -hmm. summer bob Um, uh, Bob Gherkin, James Weinberg, and then Mike Brown. They're amazing chefs and they have a lot to do with the fact that we're here now too. You know, they gave them the opportunity to do Qua um, and and they went on a crazy trip to Mexico with him, which is super fun for them. That's I'm awesome. Sure. Maybe a little scary at parts. Yeah, you probably showed them the ropes, you know. Took yeah, them totally. <laughs> they have, you know, they're they're inspirational to us too. I worked with them for a while as well, um, and even recently, this at the beginning of this year, I was helping them while they were getting the new travail um, mm-hmm. going. Um, yep. Looks awesome. And then my my last fine dining job was at Brewer's Table and Jorge Guzman. Like I learned a lot from him, like discipline wise. So yeah, like I said, there's just, oh. there's a lot of chefs. Um, Stephen Brown. We also like admire Stephen Brown and, and his um, stuff, even our neighbor. And I mean, not even our neighbor, but Ann Kim, you know, like yeah. she's awesome. She's a woman and she's, she's a pioneer in the um, food industry, like in Minneapolis. Totally. Um, Christine mm-hmm. from High High too. Like, yeah. And again, like all lovely people. So that's that's yeah. uh, that's important too, you know. I have a very important question here. So <laughs> my uh, my roommate, he currently makes cheese quesadillas on a weekly basis, not even sometimes oh, cool. daily basis. Um, and right now he takes like your packaged cheddar cheese and then he adds like the most basic flour tortillas to put them on top it's uh, i would say disturbing um and so can you guys help him at all what what can he do to level up his game a little bit here uh, I mean, you definitely need a better tortilla. But it's it's well, of course. more tortilla, right? Lower, like, lower, lower, for sure. stop by, <laughs> get you a pack. Yeah. Um, no, flour tortillas are definitely like the thing that we think of when we think of quesadillas um, here in the U.S., but they're not necessarily what quesadillas are made with in uh, yeah. Mexico, I think. We were talking about this today because yesterday the Playudas went over so well um, when we were selling tacos um, and we were open um, and we were thinking about doing quesadillas next week. So maybe you should bring him by next oh, week. I want to go. Yeah, I mean, he would love that. <laughs> yeah, but it's also, it's, it's a few good Mexican cheeses. The yeah. that you can buy uh in the grocery or yeah you can even get them at Cobb. I mean I'm not yeah yeah they're they started they started to get out there uh is queso Oaxaca is one of them which yep. you know, the change is gonna the, the name is gonna change or Chihuahua uh, uh Chihuahua also melts pretty pretty nice okay. doesn't break uh and then when it when it falls on the on the pan it kind of gives that that crunchy delicious yeah mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I mean. He can stay away from the cheddar. Get, away, get rid of the cheddar. <laughs> no cheddar that. cheese. That's All right. gross. All right. Only well, make his way like over to like the white cheeses instead of the orange ones. Maybe like buy him a bag of like marble jack 
Right. Oh, he's like still a little orange, but it's got sex of white. Yes. He's them into going to the other yeah, side. We, we might we might have to make like a quesadilla kit for, for you to bring. Yeah, totally. yes, yes. Uh, that'd be he awesome. He's gonna hate I'm bringing this up, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll save him. Uh, my uh, my one other question I had was just okay. So I've heard you guys have some big plans going forward because um, right now you have that storefront uh, in Northeast, but uh, as of right now, it's just kind of a quick grab and go. Um, so I'm just curious. Okay, where th- you guys are obviously big dreamers, and so where do you kind of see this going down the road? Uh, uh, I mean, we we definitely uh, we want to keep growing. Uh, that's you know, something that when we when we look at this place, you know, we we have twenty different ideas of what we can do with it. Uh, we're definitely gonna have a storefront uh, with a little. Um, we're thinking by the holidays, honestly, because now that you know yeah. I'm on maternity leave, because contrary to popular belief, I wasn't just helping at Nixta before having the baby. I had a full time job. Oh my Look gosh. at you. <laughs> I, ha- I mean, I had to, like, I, I, I got to keep my, my job. Um, and it was kind of like our safety net, like, okay, right. well, if this doesn't work, I still have a job with insurance. That's um, true. Yep. And now I'm on maternity leave. And part of that plan for maternity leave isn't just to like, take care of this baby. He's very like low maintenance, actually. People think um, though, that maternity leave is just like a woman watching TV <laughs> while her baby sleeps, but you well, are honestly, doing a lot. doing for two weeks and now I'm already sick of it. So now it's time <laughs> to do stuff. And one of the things that we want to do is by the holidays kind of get this, I mean, hopefully by, by Thanksgiving, we'll have it up and um, like, going where we want to start selling things like salsas more consistently and um maybe hot sauces do things like tamales that are refrigerated or frozen that you can like take Mm -hmm. and eat um selling um tortillas and tostadas all the time too so Mm -hmm. um i mean for the holidays i think it's important because you know people will come by and be like oh i'll get this as a stocking stuffer for somebody or Mm -hmm. Know, we are having so much family come into town and we need some food um so that um, but yeah I mean everything's just been kind of on a COVID timeline you know and as mm-hmm. this um uh crazy year has brought us this awesome illness uh <laughs> and and it keeps bouncing up and down like in severity um I mean, obviously, we're all waiting for another spike of it, but um, we're we're trying to, you know, obviously do everything while keeping it safe. So, but there's also, you know, we've also been contacted by like co-ops and local grocery stores to like up their game when it comes to like even just like tortillas for their deli, um, for sure, um, and things like that. So it's all. a work in progress. I think that we're doing it still slowly because we're waiting for one of the things that when we started was we started uh, doing this and we bought equipment that we needed at the moment. And now that we're growing and we're outgrowing the equipment we have, we keep like scaling up and 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 mm-hmm. and upgrading. Um, so we're waiting on our giant tortilla machine upgrade. And once that comes, we'll be able to kind of like fulfill some of those bigger dreams, like maybe getting into, you know, your local co-op with tortillas and things like that. So they're more accessible. Wow. 
That's <laughs> exciting. I like am excited for you guys. And it sounds like you're just making moves like I like me in the COVID times. So I'm like, ah, like it just seems like life is on pause, but it's like good to hear yeah. that you guys like have the plans and like Thanksgiving is soon. So that's really cool that you guys are yeah. working towards the goal. Yeah. Well, and we'll see. We're, we're, we also have uh, a lot of support, I think. So it helps, you know, to for know sure. that like, we don't have to do any of it by ourselves, you know, yeah. like. For sure. We, I, I have, see. we oh. have obviously the two cooks that mm-hmm. are full-time employees and, yep. and he's there all the time. But like behind the scenes, you know, like we have my sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she does everything. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of awesome. She, all those witty emails you read, that's all her. So thank you. Totally. Yeah. People literally, uh, got back being like, who does your marketing? Cause she's funny. And I'm like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's we gotta best. start paying her something too. <laughs> family. Clearing tortillas. I yes, don't know. Our, our currency right now is yeah, perfect <laughs> I like that <laughs> but uh yeah I mean, we're not doing any of it it, do, it does take a village oh for sure mm-hmm. definitely yeah I see Gustavo's repping the dangerous man swag so I saw like, that collab too. in the future I saw maybe I a collab yeah, yeah. 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 We, we, we definitely exchange a lot you know, that's they come awesome. and get tacos and we go get beers. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. That, that's a perfect combo right there. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you guys can uh, cr- help create maybe like a new beer or something <laughs> with Mexican uh, flavors or something like that. Uh, yeah. We, we definitely, I'm sure we do something yeah. uh, eventually. We yeah. did with um, um, uh, Gustavo did uh, collaborate on a beer with Pig Ate My Pizza. The guy, oh yeah, oh Pan, yeah, that's cool. Steps of Travail and stuff like that. They made because um, they, now they're a brew pub, right? And they right. started um, making beers there. And um, Andy, the brewer, uh, and him, uh, they uh, toasted a lot of. Or no, did you nixtamalize it? Yeah, he nixtamalized a lot of corn, and they made a corn Mexican corn lager. Nice. It was oh really amazing. It was like a, a with a with a taco. It was out of this world by itself, even though like a perfect summer beer. Was yeah. it a seasonal or do they still have it? <laughs> no, it was seasonal. It was oh, started. Yeah. It'll come back again, I'm sure, because it yeah. was a big hit. Um, but uh it was uh it was wow. seasonal for now. So. Worst news I've heard all day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm sure that we'll collaborate. Yeah, the, oh. with uh, the brewers over at Dangerous Man on something as well. Um, yeah, you know, once their tap room is up and running, and yeah, we're just I'm just one of those people doing your pet peeve where I'm like telling you what to do. <laughs> so don't <laughs> listen. <laughs> because it's like it's something that like we've talked with them about, you know, and like eventually when they like when it's safe enough and they reopen for the sure, then. And we can, you know, have menus there. People can call and order. Totally. Um, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And you know, come come down the street and pick it up. Like we'll adjust our hours to reflect that. As of right now, um, when they're doing the beer alley, I think it's the food that people are getting is mostly from Young Joni. So got um, it. Kind of yeah. Hmm. We'll see. I mean, yeah. Dreams, like we said on the right. Horizon. Keep dreaming. That's important. So. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat with us. Um, we really appreciate it. And I really learned a lot. So I enjoyed this combo.
That was Kate and Gustavo of Nixta. Thank you guys so much for listening, especially if you got all the way to the end here. <laughs> it's a bit of a marathon. Gillian and I are super thankful, and obviously we couldn't have done this alone. We had a lot of help along the way. Special shout out to Jeremy Bird and the rest of the Blackberry Boys on that wonderful music. We had Ryan Jarvis and his wonderful logo he made for us. Can't forget about Gene and Johan Okeson on the fantastic photo shoot we had. Uh, Lene Oakson and Jake Nowry uh, helping us along anytime we got stuck for ideas. And finally, of course, Kate and Gustavo. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to sit down and chat with us. That's all we got for today. See you next time.